Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. Hello, Kate. Hello. Hello. What's up? Uh, we have a new thing. We do? We do. A pretty little thing. Is it a cat? It is not a cat. Is it an iguana? It is not an iguana. Is it toothpaste? It is toothpaste. No, it is not oh. toothpaste. It is an Instagram account. Oh, the grams with the Instas. Yes, all the kids have them these days. Yeah. And I thought, well, we're not kids, so let's have one <laughs> ourselves. <laughs> We're hip and cool and as down. As soon as we get one, everyone will deactivate their account Precisely. Now. Yeah. And then I'll start using terms like wiggity and other cool hip terms the kids are using these days. Yes. That is my plan. Okay, good luck with that. Okay, yeah. <laughs> but no, on this uh, Instagram account, uh, we are, which is called? Uh, Fuse 8 Kate. Correct. All right. That was a, that was a pop quiz that you correctly <laughs> were able to get through. I wasn't sure. I was like, is there an eight? There is an eight. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, there is. When we talk about uh, weird number things eight. in the not, art. Not no, 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 no. Not spelled eight. out. That's a right. good point because my Twitter account is Fuse and the word eight. And that is just confusing for all possible parties. We like to shorten it. So Fuse, number eight. Fuse. Kate. Numeral eight. Yeah. Yeah. Kate. That's a good point. And uh, yes, all the art that we discuss and that you want to turn into tattoos from various picture books will be available on said Instagram account. Cool. Yes, I think it's very cool. Uh, but I would, because I set it up. So there you go. Right. Yeah. And <laughs> what do we do on this podcast? We talk about toothpaste and tattoos. Correct. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Our latest reviews Ooh, of toothpaste and tattoos. What if you got tattoos? like a tattoo that had like like glowed in the dark and it was that strip of toothpaste? So you're that... actually grossing me out. You are actually you grossing me out. So you take out. a black light on it and you're like, ooh, look at that crest white smile. What? Are you talking like under the skin it would be puffy? No, 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 no. You just, that's what's under the skin weird. you take it to a black light and right. then it like glows in the dark. Oh, but then yes, that, that that just sounds like you're part of a cool club. That, the toothpaste you know, club. The toothpaste. Okay, that does not sound like a cool club. No, yeah. it's like the club that your dentist wants you to join. Exactly. Like, do you want to join the toothpaste club? You <laughs> get a <laughs> glow in the dark tattoo. Actually, I would probably that would join be it. Cool, that would right? be pretty cool. I would. Dentists who listen to us in abundance <laughs> do this thing. You Dentists never and undertakers. Lack. I know. That's, Dentists, our, that's our core audience. That right is. There. It's surprising. When you look at the schematics, you wouldn't expect that. And they're but. very interested in children's books for some reason. Uh, you know, who isn't? That's what I say. Children's pictures books. Exactly. Should, yeah. And what do we talk about when it comes to children's picture books? See how I looped that right back? Yeah. It was a loop. Yeah. That's what I'm a, I'm a looper. Yeah. I thought Joseph Gordon-Levitt was a looper. That is correct, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I I look exactly like him. I don't know why people mistake us all the time. So we talk about children's books. We do. I knew and... if I got off enough topic that you would bring it back. Yeah. There we go. We talk about picture books. Yes. And if they're classics. And if they're crap. Precisely. And sometimes they're one, and sometimes they're the other. And, and sometimes they're both. Exactly. And sometimes they're neither. Well, we determine five on a scale from one to ten. Correct. Five and up is classic. Mm-hmm. Four point nine 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 and below 
And at least one of our books was just a straight down the middle five. Yes. A fiver there. Yeah. And, uh, boy, what's what's the likelihood we would ever repeat that again, eh? I'm going to go a. a one in 53. Well, that's a pretty good odds. <laughs> I like those odds. And so let's so see what we can do with today's book and see if we can uh, beat those odds, whatever that would entail. I have no idea. Okay. This is a big one, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I need a lot of drum roll in here. Make way for ducklings. Bye. Robert McCloskey. We're having a Robert McCloskey twofer. Last time it was Blueberries for Sale, which came out seven years uh, after uh, Make Way for Ducklings. Make Way for Ducklings. You could make a case for lentil, but I think it's Make Way for Ducklings that made the name of Robert McCloskey. Made him uh, made him the household name he is today. I can't tell if that's gold or silver on the front. The... Oh, that's a gold. That's gold, my friend. He got a gold. He got the Golden Caldecott Award. Not, not your dinky honors. Not your petulant honors. No, 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 no. This is this is a fine golden seal. I expect nothing from the best from him. Well, exactly. It came out in 1941, so the Caldecott had not been around for very long when he got this lovely golden seal. Uh, so well done, he. And I'm going to hand this surprisingly long uh, picture book to you. Okay. Wonderful. While Kate's doing her read, let's do a little behind-the-scenes action with this particular book. Uh, by which, of course, I mean let's find Leonard Marcus's Minders of Make-Believe and steal stuff from it and talk about it on here. Should you ever want a history of children's literature, I cannot recommend enough Leonard Marcus's Minders of Make-Believe. It will answer every question you've ever had about the American children's book scene. In any case, there is a section on Make Way for Ducklings that is particularly nice. It discusses one of the best publicity stunts for a soon-to-be-released picture book on record today. So you see, the editors of Life magazine became interested in what Mr. McCloskey was up to when they learned, doubtless thanks to a well-placed telephone call from Mae Massey, that the artist had recently purchased a crate load of ducklings at a local market and hauled them up to his West 12th Street apartment to serve as life models. So a reporter and a photographer were dispatched to his fourth floor walk-up, and the piece was put together uh, with these candid shots of little ducklings scrambling adorably up and down the artist's sleeve, so cute. Um, it was going to be this great story, and then the Germans invaded Poland, and they scrapped it. But it would have been brilliant. That is how you market a book, people. Quack. Queep. Quack. One of them says queep. Queep. Yeah, that's really cute. That's actually probably more accurate for a baby duck to say queep. Queep, 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 queep. queep. That's cute. That is actually adorable. Yeah. Aww. So you finished the book. I did. And it's a long book. Eh, it's alright. not that bad. I have issues. Okay. Yeah, I have issues. You got issues. Interesting. So this book is Make Way for Ducklings, and it features a duckling. Yeah. So I get to, like, even before getting to the title page, what do you call this? The uh, End papers. End papers. Front end papers. The front, I'm looking at the front end papers, and mm. I count... I, I made sure. I even pulled this back a little bit, and I was like, okay, one, yeah, two, this is three, a library four, copy, and we five, pasted six, down seven. Pole, okay, yeah. we got seven ducklings. Seven okay. ducklings, yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. Unless that's one duck in the process of hatching out of a single shell. I thought about that, but then, like, this one's hiding behind. This one's sitting in front. Oh, this you're right. They seem a little different. Okay. But okay. hold on to that. Okay. Seven. I'm, I'm hold on to that. Set the number seven. Yeah. 
comes after six before eight. Yeah. So we got these two ducks, Mr. and Mrs. Mallard. Who are, in fact, Mallards. I expect them to have Boston accents. Um, I cannot do a Boston accent. I can't either. It's all like, it's all, eh. Yeah, when I try to do it, I sound like the Tin Woodsman from Wizard of Oz. The Tin Woodsman? Yeah, doesn't he have like... Man? Is who says Tin Woodsman? The person who read the freaking book, thank you very much. The he's, tin Man. Well, he's the Tin Woodsman. Thank you very oh, much. My gosh. Wait, well, how do you sound like him? He's got the thickest Boston accent. If I only had a heart. Yeah, yeah. Dorothy, Dorothy. Yeah, yeah. no. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's go. my go-to Boston accent. Yeah. That's okay, I do the guys from Car Talk. Okay, yeah. that also works, actually, yeah. Um, so, I don't understand. So, these Mr. and Mrs. Mallard, Mallard, they're flying around trying to find a good place uh, to be home. And she's so picky that she doesn't want turtles in her water. Well, they might eat her eggs, right? Turtles? Oh, I don't know if a turtle would eat an egg. This like a box, science with the English majors. Like yeah. a box turtle is like a little, it's got a little tiny head. It does. Like, well, maybe she's worried about big old honking egg eating turtles. I guess turtles don't eat eggs. I, I'm very I confused. I, it just seemed weird to me. Okay. Like, oh my gosh, you're so picky. She is a little picky, yeah. Oh, anyway. So, she's holding out for the best. So why did, why did the author pick Boston. So the, apparently the original working title of this book was not, in fact, Make Way for Ducklings. It was Boston is Lovely in the Spring. Okay. And this is true. Uh, you know, had they kept it, this basically would have been a gift to the Boston Tourism Board. I feel like it already is. Yeah, it, it very much is. And we'll get into a little more Bostonish once you're done, but yes. Okay. I just want to know if there's a statue there. Okay, fine. We're going to have to fast forward real fast. Yes! Yeah. In fact, there is... Have you never seen the Make Way for Duckling statues in Boston? I've never been to Boston. You've never been to Boston? Nah. Don't drive there. Okay. Um, but yes, there in in fact, there is a very famous uh, set of sculptures of the ducklings. Um, the artist was Nancy Sean, and that's S-C-H-O with an umlaut over the O. In any case, she's sort of a Robert McCloskey specialist. She made uh, sculptures of Lentil, uh, which is a boy character from a different book of his. I keep thinking you're talking about beans. Every time you say yeah. Lentil, I'm like, that's a really weird thing to make about a book. It would be. No, it's about a boy named Lentil. That's think... unfortunate, too. Yeah, there you go. Uh, she made a statue of one of the bears from uh, Blueberries for Sal. And, most notably of all, she made the ducklings. So the ducklings are usually dressed up in the winter. People get them knit little hats for them. Aww. And they're, they're incredibly cute. And, little known fact, they're not the only city in the world that has these ducklings. They have uh, twins. There's, a, there's another set of the same statues in Novodeshvishy Park, Moscow. Is that like the sister city to Boston? No. Okay. It was a gift from Barbara Bush to Soviet First Lady Reza Gorba Gorbachev. All right. So yes, there are statues in that exact park. Uh, yeah. Because in Boston, yes. I, I just felt like I was getting a tour of Boston. Like, I don't need to go yeah. there. No, no. I've already gotten my tour yep. by reading this book. Mm -hmm. I hate this little kid. Look at how bratty he is. So like, the ducks discover in this park... There's a pond where they get fed peanuts, and there's a boat that goes by, and people throw peanuts to them, and they that's how they eat their breakfast. But there's this little bratty kid who wants to take a sailboat away from a baby, and the mom's like, what? 
what are you doing? And the other mom's like, if I don't see it, it's not happening. <laughs> la, la, la. Like, okay. This is going to strike you as very random, but there is a rumor associated with Make Way for Ducklings. This rumor is not true, but I'm going to relate it anyway because it's too funny and it may apply to this boy. There is a rumor that on the duck boat, and I think this is the, or yeah. the swan boat. This um, is the duck boat, yeah. The duck boat, swan boat. That little Richard Nixon, as a child, was one of the children on that boat. And that McCloskey knew him somehow as a child and drew him into the boat. Now, this rumor is so bizarre that people are inclined to believe it just because who the heck would make that up? I mean, that kind of looks like... Yeah, doesn't that look like Richard Nixon's, but that, like, dad? Yeah, but his kid is just... You know, not doing yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the only kid that's actually doing something. Well, maybe that's supposed to be little Dickie Nixon. I don't know. Anyway, I'm just saying there's a possibility that that's I the kid the people layers in this I book. Know. Oh, there's so much to explore. So the duck's here. They have their breakfast. And they decide, well, why don't we just uh, make our nest here, you know? And then this kid, who looks like a Boy Scout, does tromps through on his bike. I don't think it was like a boy scout. He's got a, he does have a tie, but it's not like a, I, it's like a the loosened look, I tie. I know, but I'm like, I'm looking at the shoes. I'm looking at, that could be a badge on his sleeve. Uh, maybe he just maybe, like, maybe. you know, he like loosened it. I don't know. I, I feel like. sneakers. I don't think you're supposed to wear, I think you're supposed to wear like hiking boots, like as a boy scout. Said the person who was never a boy scout, never will be a boy scout, and knows nothing about boy scouts. Yeah. I don't know, but this, this bratty kid on a bike. Yeah just tromples them and they're like mm -hmm. oh we can't make a what is it that papa duck says there wait q or w e e b k anyway so they decide okay well let's fly somewhere else nearby mm -hmm. where we can make our nest and here's where you get the tour of boston you see the aerial view yes the beacon hill mm -hmm. around this with the state house yep. We go over to Lewisburg Square. Okay, Check nice. that out. Nice. I do really like the depictions of the architecture, mm -hmm. the cars, the people, um, the bridges. Like it, it is. There's the Charles River. Yep. Like it is really beautiful to look at. All the more ironic that he was doing this in Manhattan on West 12th Street when he made this. And but, yeah. all in pencil. Yeah, graphite. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yep. that's yep. so cool to me. It is very neat. I mean, it's beautiful. Little. Though. It's a little boring to look at because it's all one color. It's very brownie. Yeah. Very on the brown side. But I still think it's cool. Oh, yeah. And they've never changed it. And I'm pretty sure it's safe to say they have never colorized this because this is a new edition I brought you. And it is still uh, that sepia tone. Yeah. So look at those bridges, the shadowing. It's I can understand why I got a gold. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So she decides to build her nest. They're starting to molt, so they found a they place. They found a little island. Yeah, off yeah. of the uh, the river mm -hmm. where they can make them babies. Yep. And uh, and they make friends with Michael, the policeman. Of course. How, how do you think Michael talks? Uh, I don't know. I, I think he's got an Irish accent because he's a policeman and his name is Michael. Ah. Tura lura lura lura. That's it. That's all. Oh, there are the ducks. Oh, there. your wee ducks. Ah, oh, you want some peanuts? He there even has a baton, which yeah. he can easily just sort of twirl around as yes. he walks down the street. And he feeds the ducks every day. Of course he does. So now that Mama has laid her eight eggs. Well, maybe one head didn't hatch. At this point, I'm like, oh, oh no. <laughs> what happened? 
This is what I'm telling you. Vicious egg-eating turtles. Make way for ducklings, except for one. Yeah. Oh, it killed me. As soon as I got to that part, I was like, I'm yeah. not going to like this book. Yeah. It's this is about sad. the death of a duckling. But, so, okay. I, I've, okay. I'm, I'm okay with the mm-hmm. fact I've recovered from the fact that she sure. has eight ducklings. Oh, she does have eight ducklings. And she has named them, starting with the letter J, to Q. J-K-L-M-N-O-P-Q. That's correct, yes. And then... And what's your favorite? Jack, cack, lack, mac, knack, quack, pack, and quack. Yeah, but... My, my but how do you pronounce... Uack. is my favorite. That's what I was going to say. O-U-A-C-K. I think he is the French one. He is the French one. He is the, uh... You got, you got Jack. You got... That's totally your Boston Jack. Jack. Then you got, uh, uh, cack. Who well, is, you can uh, because we are American, we are blessed with a very nasal way of speaking, so we can say Jack, Lack, Mac, Mac, and then we get to Uck, 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 now, can I drop some knowledge on you? Sure. This is not the original names of the ducks. You want to know what he originally wanted to name them? Okay. This is true. The ducks were originally, this sequence, they would have been named Mary, Martha, Phyllis, Theodore, Beatrice, Alice, George, and John. In an uh, interview that he conducted with NPR in 1986, he said that he came up with the names... By using the, quote, names of all the girls I knew, not even in alphabetical order. So why did they change it? I don't know. It does not say. I am going to assume that his brilliant editor uh, told him those are lame names, come up with something awesome. Or maybe he just had a spark of brilliance and he realized he would have a chance to make a duck called... Uwak. Uwak. I mean... I suppose if you took out the O and then you had the last three be Pack, Quack, the next one in line would be Rack. Mm-hmm. Probably not a great That's name. That's not a great name. No. That is not a great name. Like, By the way, that is Sack. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm actually sitting here, I've been sitting here for the last like three minutes desperately trying to remember the French word for duck and failing. And I know this word. This is a popular word because you order it in the restaurant and you eat it and I cannot think of what it is. So if you, gentle listeners... <laughs> Can remember the French word for duck, which would take literally three seconds to Google. Yeah. Uh, do let me know. Yeah. yeah. All right. So this is my qualm number one. Here we go. Mr. Mallard decides he's going to take a week-long trip away from his newborn ducklings yeah. and be like, peace out, mama. I'm going to go do my own thing. Probably going to sleep around with a bunch of other female ducks. I'll get back to you in a week. Let's go meet up on the other side of town. While you're in charge of eight ducklings. Okay, right. see ya. Does it say why he's leaving? He just decided to take a trip and see what the rest of the river was like. So selfish. That is super selfish, yeah. So selfish. Yeah. No. that There's no good excuse. It's not a business trip. No. He doesn't have a place to be. He just doesn't want to be around eight screaming ducklings. Tiny, tiny quacking. But they're not she's, even quacking. They're making those weird but sounds. But Mama, she's like, she says, don't you worry I know all about bringing up children. Did she have previous ducklings? It never says this is their first brood. 
Right. But maybe she's been with other ducks before. Maybe they're a new couple. Like maybe she's had like a fallout with a or or he died but the that's previous. A strange thing to say. I know all about bringing up children. Like, and she did. You're not reading the and she did that came after that. And well, she did. And she, she wasn't lying to him to make him feel better about taking off. But it just kind of made me go. Yeah. What? No, there's a backstory here that we're just getting a little glimpse of, but we don't actually know. Yeah, this is the number one point of contention with this book is the fact that Papa Duck just like he splits, yeah. and then you don't see him for the rest of the book until well, you get to the end. Until the end. Until the end. Yeah, a he week, does show a up a week again. later after yeah. he's done with his riverboat tour. Yeah, <laughs> he decides to be done with his vacation and go back yeah. to home life and mm-hmm. be a responsible. Oh. This is a lot like Horton hatches the egg. It makes me so angry. Uh, Except the ducks are already hatched. But I do like this guy. Yeah. Well, I'm going to assume that's a whack. This is the whack. Yeah. Uh, Who uh, is fond of this fly. I think that's Mm -hmm. really cute. And then I also think Uack is the one who later says queep. Oh, entirely I will show you that at some point here. So, Mama. Still looking at the bug, by the way. Yeah. So Mama teaches her ducklings how to swim, Mm -hmm. how to dive, Mm -hmm. how to walk in a line, Mm -hmm. how to keep a safe distance from bikes and scooters. Very useful. Very important. Mm -hmm. And then when she's perfectly satisfied with them, she says, I'm pretty sure this is like day seven, and she's like, I can't take it anymore. No, I understand that. She says, let's go, Jack, Cagler, Black, Mac, Knack, Quack, Pack, and Quack. And they fall in line, and they follow her from the river, and now they they have to go meet at that park from the beginning of the story. Right. Now they have to trek. So they walk. After they've gone across the river, they just start walking down the street, and Mama just thinks that she can just honk and quack and make a lot of noise, and somehow that's going to stop traffic. And so all her little ducklings are doing the same thing. There's the little queep guy. Aww. He's adorable. Yeah, they're all saying quack except for that guy. He's saying quack without a C, so that's a quack. That's oh, that's a Quack-a. that's actually a Belgian beer called quack. Um, you get it. It's got a round bot glass bottom, and mm. you have to have a wooden okay. holder okay. to to hold uh, it. Uh, uh, it's delicious. Uh, He's just, obviously has like fine queep. taste. And then queep. I have never drunk queep, so I have no idea what that is. But she's, oh my gosh, so luckily, Michael, Yeah, the, Michael, the who has clearly nothing to do on his beat. He, he has the, like, the slowest, boringest beat. He comes running. Now, he, he is a big man. He is a zoftig fella. And he bolts it. Yeah, and he's got his whistle in his mouth, which he finally freaking gets to use. Yeah, and he... He's tweeting it up. And he is able to stop traffic. Yep. And let this entitled mama look at her with her nose up in there. She's like, I know. I told you so. Yeah. I know people. Oh, my gosh. So he stops traffic so that they can cross. At He's delighted, point, by the way. Look which, at his expression. He's like, this is the best thing that's happened to him in weeks. And then he runs back. I love this, yeah. To his police booth. Now, at this point, I'm like, okay. Take it down a notch. What is, okay, why, first of all, why is he running? It's not. Because he's looking at the rate in which they're moving, and they're going to another corner not too far from now. But he, why didn't he just accompany? It's, I guess it's his beat. He can't leave it. He calls headquarters yeah. and says, send a police car. Well, they are moving pretty fast. But I, 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 
<laughs> you're, you're rendered speechless by the sheer amount of public money that is going into preserving... This is Boston! Yeah, this is, this is not a small town. It's not like there's no crimes happening in the city or That's more true. important things happening. They're walking in the In the ni- early 1940s. Four! Yeah. Four policemen! Yeah. This it does not warrant a four policemen, four-way stop. I'm sorry, but... There are still eight ducks, by the way. Right? It's just that's just weird to me. That was my other qualm is like right. in no city No public service should be would used. Four policemen get out of their cars, stop a four way traffic stop yeah. for a mama duck and her uh, You know why? Yeah. Because that mama duck would have already been where she needed to be. Well, you know, uh, yeah, this is true. You also know that there um these are clearly traffic cops because there are no traffic signals at these corners. Have you noticed that? There are no traffic lights. There are no stop signs. These cars are just willy-nilly just going like around each other. They desperately need these cops. This is weird. And the cops are all in one location allowing ducks to cross the street. This is so weird to me. (laughs) And then, right, so Mama and her ducklings get to the garden. Right. They say thank you to the policemen. Mm Mm-hmm. Who were like in a clown car? Yeah, <laughs> they get like... to the the pond, the island where they see Mr. Mallard waiting for them. Mm-hmm. She smacks Mr. Mallard upside his head and <laughs> says, "Where the hell have you been?" And then they I had to call the local police. They live happily ever after yeah. on this island. The end. <laughs> well, that would certainly be a lovely ending if she actually slapped him upside the head, but. But in no way is he blamed uh, for the incident. Yeah. There actually are two other picture books that were kind of inspired by this. One of them about, and it's based on a true story, one is about like four ducklings that fell down a storm drain. And the mama duck was like, and then it was about the incredible efforts by the public services to, re- because they were, that's right, they weren't just down the drain. They were being like swept down the drain. Oh. And she was running alongside Trying to keep them inside, and they You've managed to that. get them out. You've seen that video, yeah, right? Yeah, they made Where... it into a picture book, yeah. And oh. then there's another picture book about these ducks that currently live in a hotel. And every day, they go from the roof to the elevator, down the elevator, and into the lobby where there is a big fountain. And they walk to the fountain, and then they splash in the water. That's fine. Yeah. And no one gets lost, and no one gets Unless sucked down. Unless they fall down, twice. like, the eleva- elevator shaft or something. Well, and... that's the sequel. Yeah. <laughs> well, while we're talking about sad duck stories, I might as well just pile on there with the actual story behind these ducks. Okay, here's the actual... It's, it, it, yeah, only at the end will it break your heart. It's okay until then. Great. So, Robert McCloskey wants to draw a whole bunch of ducks in Boston. One presumably presumes that he goes to Boston and draws Boston. Then he comes back and he's like, well, I, I live in New York City. I need some ducks. So he goes to the local market and buys a crate load of ducklings. Why were there a crate load of ducklings at the New York uh, City market, Betsy? We don't know. Anyway, gets a whole bunch of them, puts them in his apartment, his teeny tiny Greenwich Village apartment. It's adorable. There's little ducks everywhere. They're crawling up him and walking around. But they move too fast. How do you slow down ducks? So they don't go too fast. Um, fill up your bathtub and stick them in there? Right. That's fine for swimming, but what about just for walking? You, there's a lot of ducks walking in this book. How do you make it so you can slow them down enough where you could see how fastly they walk? I don't know. Red, red wine. What? Yeah, get them drunk. Yep, yeah, he put out the red wine, but the mallard loved it so much he'd actually chase the other ducklings away. 
so that he could drink the red wine. So, drunk ducklings is the answer. That's right. Very good to all the students out there who called that one. Yes, drunk ducklings. So, he gets them drunk, he, pay, he gets them fine. They're fine. Um, then he's got to figure out what to do with them now yeah. that he's done. Yeah. So didn't, he didn't figures... Didn't really think that plan through, did he? Not even slightly. Goes back to the original guy who sold him, and the guy's like, dude, I sold you these ducks. I do not want these ducks back. Goes to all the local butchers and says, do you want to buy some ducks? And they're like, no, I don't want to buy any ducks. I don't know you. I've already got my suppliers. I am not interested in your ducks. And they're ducklings. And like... they're ducklings. Who? There's not a lot of meat on a right. duckling. Yeah. And uh, they're not a lot of meat on a duck itself, so finds a lovely farm and that's where they live now that's normally where the story stops that's nice let's leave it there okay <laughs> except <laughs> i did ask somebody once what happened to them while there and i did hear a follow-up on that but it is a sad part and we will skip that if you want to know what happened you could read my book uh wild things acts of mischief in children's literature co-written with jules danielson and peter ceruta we have the full story there of what happened to the duckling i'm gonna say they died have you read my book? <laughs> anyway. So, oh, the French word for duck, by the way. What is that? C-A-N-A-R-D. Canard. I kept thinking it was like jardin, which is garden. And I'm like, I yeah. know it's like not jardin. It's canard. Of course it is. Uh, let's see here. So it was number six on the top 100 wow. picture books poll. Very, very high. high. Very high. Very famous. Very famous book to I this mean, day. It's got that gold thing. It's got a gold thing. That doesn't. That does not guarantee fame. Some of, one of these days we should do the most obscure Caldecott winner, <sighs> like award winner. That's fun. Hey folks, write in and tell me which one you think is the most obscure, because I've read a whole bunch, but there's a couple even I've missed. So yeah, oh that'd be interesting. Uh, Robert Klosky, fact of the day, uh, was 28 when he won for this book. Uh, which I believe made him the what youngest... What have I been doing with my I know, life? I know, exactly. <sighs> he was the youngest person to win the Caldecott Award until Erin Eastead, when she was younger. So, eat it, Robert McCloskey. <laughs> uh, yeah, and that's, uh, that's the long and the short of it. So, uh, ratings time. So, other than the, the absent father, the entire police force coming out, I do like... The drawings. Sure. I do like strong mama who's handling eight, yeah. eight children. Bless eight, her heart. Eight, oh, eight that little, poor thing. little bundles of feather. I don't really see a lesson here. They don't need it's, lessons. It's a it's, picture book. It's picture books don't lessons. It's just a story. Yeah. Uh, it's a pointer. In fact, we'll get to that with one of our letters. But yeah. Um. So I guess. Uh, uh, I'm gonna think of a number. You go first. Aw, man. <laughs> all right, fine. Well, then I have to give my, like, justifications leading up to yeah. my choice as well. Uh, all right. Yes, you're correct. Uh, Mr. Mallard does not fit in very well with our 21st century understandings of uh, co-parenting, in that there is no co to this parenting. It is a solo endeavor to a certain extent. Uh, it's adorable. The writing is still engaging after all these years it is an awful sepia tone thing but if boy if you colorize this puppy the the waves of angry people would simply rise like you were colorizing a shirley temple film uh maybe not a good comparison like you were colorizing casablanca there you go that's 
This is basically Casablanca. Yeah. So, um, but is it a, I mean, it's a classic just because everybody knows it, but that's not, that's not the standard that we're judging this on. Present fame isn't a requirement when we consider if something's a classic or not. Right. If it was, then every terrible, like, famous book would be on the list. Right. This is not a terrible book. I'm having a hard time with this one. Yeah. All right. I got a number, though. I'm, I, as I spoke, I came up with a number. Okay, let's say it on the count of three. All right. One, One, two, two, three, six. Dang it! Dang it! (laughs) Ah! (laughs) Uh, You know why? Mental telepathy. (laughs) The worst. But why for you? Because, uh, well, I gave Blueberries for Sal a 6.75, and I liked that a little bit more than I did, too. I did, too. I prefer Blueberries for Sal. Um, I prefer the art, actually. I feel like... Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. This has a sketchy style. I'm, you know, you have your preferences, I, like... I have mine, and I don't care for the sketchiness of this, um, even though he's doing you, it entirely like with the clean graphite lines. I like the clean lines. If a blueberry for sale, you know, you got the pen, the pen yeah. and the lines. I love that. This is beautiful. No one's going to deny it. Uh, but it's, it's, a, it's a style that's just not, it's not for Betsy's. It's not for me. I can I can look at it and realize that it is well done. It is simply not for me. Um, so understanding that it is good art, uh, I, I I put I give it a six. Yeah, but so it's a classic. Yeah, it is a classic. Yay! <laughs> well done, toe over the line, uh, folks. All right. That's weird that we called the exact same I number. Know, though. man, we gotta stop doing this. All right, I'm gonna do a book that we definitely will disagree on next time. Oh, oh, I have just the book. All right. All right, so letters time. Oh, yeah. All right, so we have sort of a range, a range of letters here. Uh, we still have people writing in about caps for sale. Uh, Seriously? They're still fans. <laughs> so that I thought is people nonstop. wouldn't even listen to that episode. So. No, sorry, man. Caps for sale. Oh, no, caps for sale was a, was a popular episode. People liked that one. Uh, there was a Rachel wrote in. Um, she wrote in uh, referring to blueberries for sale. She said that she uh, recently heard a video audio where Grace Lynn, this is a current contemporary, um, very good uh, author, illustrator, um, where Grace Lynn says the end papers of A Big Moon Cake for Little Star, her latest picture book, are an homage to the end papers of Blueberry for Sal. I was like, oh, very nice. Uh, She even provides a link. We will include that in the show notes. Cool. Uh, Phil wrote in, he said he recently listened to our Giving Tree episode and agree with their, that would be us, assessment across the board, including the back cover photo. <laughs> uh, so that when he and his son read the page of Diary of a Wimpy Kid, uh, the last, oh, I wrote down the wrong subtitle for that. Well, the Diary of a Wimpy Kid that has Shel Silverstein in it, uh, they laughed until their stomachs hurt. Uh, we'll say thank you for that, Phil. Cool. The biggest letter we got was from Cassandra. So uh, Cassandra writes in. She's got she's got a lot of things she wants to say. Uh, she starts off with Tiki Tiki Tambo. Remember old Tiki Tiki Tambo? That was our very first episode. It certainly was. Um, she said that the illustrations reminded her of Japanese artwork and geisha makeup, but but wasn't it supposed to be Chinese? Yes, that is of course the problem there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, she was actually more upset by the message that younger children are worthless. Which let's be fair. 
it, it's it's not a great message, and it, it's the book is supposed to be proving that that's not true because the younger brother saves the older one, but I don't think there's any way of defending Tiki Tiki Tempo no. effectively. So no, any message you get out of it is not going to be good. No. <laughs> she had a question for you. Uh, she says, "What does Kate specialize in?" Uh, if that's not a secret. I find myself discussing the podcast occasionally and saying, I think she was an actress at some point. <laughs> but probably not anymore, since she lives in Chicago. Take that, Chicago actresses. <laughs> uh, what What do you specialize in? What's your speciality? Uh, my degree is in theater. Mm. I was an actress. She was. I had a mohawk. Yes. I was in music videos and commercials and TV shows in L.A. Um, I... Stopped doing that because uh, it got very boring. Mm. Uh, I was either cast as a punk, a lesbian, or a punk lesbian. So were you a fairy once? No. What you were in a fairy bar? No. I thought you were in a fairy bar in True Blood. I was in True Blood. Yeah, but I was a punk. Oh, you weren't a fairy? No. Oh, I thought you were a fairy. No, nope, but I'm was so disappointed. Just, now. just a punk. Aw. Yeah. All right. But uh, yeah. So I'm not gonna mention any of the music videos I've been in because I don't want people to. See me. <laughs> you look really, really good in one of them. Thanks. Yeah. 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 Um, so what do I specialize in? That's a great question. I have yet to find that out. Okay. I'm... So if you know what no, Kate specializes no, no. Okay, I'm just joking. I, I, I mean, I know lots of useless information. That's good. And that is useful here. Um, we can put Nothing about children's books. But, That's perfect. Um, I, I don't I don't specialize in anything. That's fine. No one said you have to. It's fine. Uh, I got my own question. Where did the Fuse number eight moniker come from? Oh, you brought this up uh, on a previous episode. Do we remember which episode it was that I brought it up? Nope. Okay, so faithful reader listeners will listen to every single episode we ever did. I think I mentioned one of the early episodes, yeah. probably, like one of the first yeah. two or three. I'll just give you the, the real quick version. It's named after a car part. Uh, from my 1989 Buick Century, and uh, I decided to name my blog after the car part because it sounded cool and has nothing to do with children's books, as Leonard Marcus once told me. So grown-up things we like. Yeah. So, great British baking show is back on Netflix with new episodes. Awesome. My Dead Roman Porto podcast is back as well. I have been faithfully listening, and they've been so delightful. The last name... I of Giselle? I haven't. I haven't <gasps> heard it. Don't you haven't heard the last no. name of Giselle? No. Don't you have to listen to the first one. Because well, it, it it is the whole point of the podcast is to hear okay. that name. All right. Okay. It's eight weeks until Halloween. As of Sadly the day true. that we are recording this, it's that in is, eight weeks. That is true. And then when we watched Blueberries for Sale, I was like, hmm, bears. Hmm. I'm going to a boozy Disney sing-along coming up. What has bears? Brave. Brave has bears. Brave does have bears. So I watched Brave. I like and Brave. I'm going to go as Merida. Alright. You can do that. Yeah. I got yeah. the costume coming tomorrow. You gonna get a wig? I got the red hair coming All tomorrow. Right, I got a bow good. and some arrows coming. I even have the thing you put on your arm. Ooh. The leather thing. You know, Are you gonna to... bring a teddy bear? No. What? No. Oh. And then um, our... Is Drew going? Can he can he be a bear? Our, our man about town. He no will... no no. He's not our man about town. He's our deposed Goblin King. Oh yes. Okay. Uh, the GK. Right. He's um... D DGK. <laughs> right. He uh, is going as Russell from Up. 
because... Oh, he has the outfit, and yep. it was perfect. Yeah. Yep. All right, wonderful. We should put those on the Instagram account. Okay. Because those are awesome. Uh, all right. Anything else? That's it. All right. I have three things, because I'm a greedy... I'm a greedy guts. But you did a bunch, too. I mean, I, I, I had two quick little ones, and then Brave, which... You know, it's not that great of a movie, but it's kind of sweet. So, uh, I've got three things. I received, uh, in the mail what appeared to be a film canister. The film canister was containing a book. This is a book for adults that is coming out on January 8th, 2019, called The Only Woman in the Room. It's by Marie Benedict, uh, being published by Sourcebooks, and it is the story of Hedy Lamarr. Now, Hedy Lamarr, uh, as we all know, was a very famous Hollywood actress. She was also uh, quite the scientist. And uh, as the book is very quick to tell you, this, by the way, is the biggest swag container of all time. It's got microwave popcorn. It's got sunglasses. It's got a whole math kit. And a test tube. It's got a test tube. And a straw with a Hollywood star on it. That's true. So, uh, and you want the film canister, so it is yours. Woohoo! I will simply take the sunglasses in the book. Um, that's the first thing. The second thing is, uh, I got something else in the mail. Today was, um, you would think, oh, must have been a big mail day, Betsy. No, this was the day I actually opened my mail from several days that I like to ignore them. There's a book, uh, that is coming out right now called Bibliophile, an illustrated miscellany, uh, by Jane Mount. It has everything a book lover could possibly want. It is super fun lists. It's got, you know, a collection of writer-owned bookstores, um, Book Club Darlings, Iconic Covers, Striking Libraries. Uh, it is a really cool book. And I'm in it. I'm on, I'm on page 201, where I recommend two of my favorite books. Uh, to find out what they are, you will have to read the book. Uh, but it is absolutely gorgeous. If you know a book lover and you need a Christmas present, this is the book you get them. So it's it out. is so gorgeous. It's out. I believe it is coming out right now. So, yes. And so that is Bibliophile by Jane Mount. Cool. Yes. And uh, one last tiny plug. Uh, this will be coming out on Monday. Uh, so later in the week, on September 13th at 3 o'clock, uh, if you go to Author's Voice, I will be interviewing Sean Rubin of the book Bolivar. Uh, I'll be doing a live interview with him uh, online. I will include... The link in the source notes, but this is for a program I do called Author's Voice here in Chicago where I interview people live. So if you have questions for him, we can answer them live and you could get a book signed and all sorts of fun stuff like that. So tune in. Would he know how to pronounce O-U-A-C-K? I will ask him. That could be one of my questions. And then he'll say, why are you asking about Make Way for Ducklings? And I'll say, I don't know. <laughs> My sister wanted me to. How would you pronounce it? And then he'd go, <laughs> Sounds like something the cat would do. Yeah, it's either French or maybe it's German. I don't know. It's probably like... It's a conversation it's, starter, Betsy. I'm, that's why I'm here. It's I'm probably ideas. Ah. <laughs> that what this is? Yeah, ideas. Ah. Ah. Okay. So on that note, I've been Betsy. I'm whack. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you're not. I'm Kate. Okay. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram at Fuse8Kate. That's 8, the actual number. Follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. 
Our music is by Haddon Givens Kime, and our deposed Goblin King is Drew Atienza. Views 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Ramsey and Betsy Bird and does not reflect the views of School Library Journal.